right? Even if it was spurred on by you doing something first. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, how did this get turned on me here again? But I, I did, I had to own what I contributed to it. Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And we want to say thanks for joining us wherever you are tuning in and listening. Welcome. We are so happy that you are part of the podcast today and and listening in. Today, we want to talk about, well, a, a topic that we believe affects every couple, and that is conflict. It's true. Yeah. And believe it or not, (laughs) even though we eat, breathe, sleep, marriage and research it and are in the marriage industry, I guess (laughs) it would would be called, we have conflict. We do. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Or maybe it's no surprise, especially if you know us. It. uh, What do you call me? Sparky? Right. <laughs> that sounds awful. That that that's another that's another topic. <laughs> All right, let's just move past that. I liked your reaction though. But really we we do think that the topic of conflict it's it's inevitable. It is part of marriage. It's really part of any relationship really because we're we're two people in marriage we're trying to trying to live one life together. There is bound to be conflict. There's bound to be disagreements. And so, you know what? We thought that we would have a conversation about that here today on the podcast and work through that. But before we get into that, I want to introduce maybe some Sheldon's musings again. I I think I've shared before kind of some things that go on in my brain or (laughs) things I just think about. I was thinking about this one here too. Like, why are dad jokes called dad jokes like like you know like the one like hey did you hear about the two spiders who just got engaged i have not i heard they met on the web uh-huh. no that stuff's funny <laughs> no <laughs> but like, like I some people find them fu- yeah i appreciate them i think they're funny and clever like you have to be clever to think up of that stuff for sure for sure or clever enough to just to check them out on google because well, someone else too. has written them yeah, down yeah but like why are they called dad jokes? Why aren't they just called jokes? Because like some people just really hate them or dislike them or it's like, oh my goodness, here yeah, we go. They groan. They groan. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the, what is it? I, I moonlight as an MC for our <laughs> quiz meet and, and it's a Bible quizzing program and I'm the MC for the, the events and I bring dad jokes all the time. I, yeah. I bring jokes. I think I don't. No, they're called dad they're jokes. De- yeah, they're called dad jokes. Yeah, and you know, I get you know twenty percent of the crowd groaning, but eighty percent are laughing. I'm gonna go with eighty. High number of laughing, but I was, anyways. I have no idea why they're called dad jokes. I have I don't no. Know. They could be called really, mom jokes. They could be called clever jokes. Yeah, it's just amusing. Like I don't know. Maybe I need to research it. Anyways, that's Sheldon's musings uh, for this week. <laughs> what about you? Do you do you ever have like you know these random musings or things that you see and can we call them Valerie musings? Do sure, you? we could call it that. There's lots. Something that's funny. I don't know if it's amusing, but it's more of a a backfire or a a. a I don't know what to even call it, a misdirect. With with Kieran's dog, we've been training it because it loves to bark when somebody comes to the door or walks by. And so I started trying to teach her what the word calm meant. And I was trying to teach her that when I say calm, you go to your mat, you lay down, and you don't bark. But 
she's really smart. And so she knew as soon as I said calm that somebody was coming <laughs> and that it was like a pre-warning to start barking even earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that backfired. And then recently she's gotten into even if she hears somebody say the word hello yeah. in like a happy, welcoming tone, yes. she thinks, oh, somebody's at the door. That's right. I need to come and bark <laughs> even if she's not in the area. <laughs> And so it's like, oh my goodness, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to figure this out. Yeah, it is quite funny because, I mean, I could do it right now. If I say it three times, she wakes up and it is, it's full on bark. And she's like such a friendly dog, but her bark, like you would think you ain't coming into this house yeah. with the way she barks. It but sounds she just, intimidating. Yeah, but she gets so excited for people. It is, yeah, that is musing of like yeah and then what do you do with this conundrum as we yeah. try to teach her these things anyways there's some musings <laughs> sheldon and valerie musings for a moment uh back to school yeah. we are in the back to school season where we live and our kids have gone back to school this week was the introduction of it <laughs> introduction of it start of it yeah that was interesting <laughs> they're back to school they're back to school how's it going do you think for i mean we're only three days in so the first week is always a little crazy because it's settling into the routine the first day is never normal yeah. the second day is still like they're going over class syllabuses and expectations and all that stuff and getting settled and so the first week is always a bit crazy and not ordinary yeah and so i would say it's going really well and just trying to trying to settle in the, yeah. the dust has to settle <laughs> right yeah that's true i always like this time of year because it's like we're heading towards i mean we're pretty good at scheduling our lives and and keeping to a schedule but in the summer it it does get a little more open i well, it's would different. say different yeah yeah we're like come school season and come kick off for the church events and the sporting events that we're all part of it really starts to solidify when we're available for things or what we're doing throughout the week and what's going on, which I just think really helps everybody kind of function. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for us, we work from home, so our office just got a lot quieter yes, it's true. Uh, throughout the day because all the kids are back at school, which is I love them at home and I love having them. I love our kids. But you know what? It's nice to have some quiet in the office when we go to work. Yeah. So, hey, I don't know what everyone is, uh, what their experience of back to school is. I know some people probably even started sooner than than us. Uh, and so you're like, what are you talking about back to school? Our kids have been back to school already for a while. And we know some homeschoolers that actually don't start till like October. And they're all like, what are you talking about? I'm still yeah. on on, uh, on summer vacation. So anyways, wherever it lands out there, that's our life journey right now of, of adjusting to back to school. But today, conflict. Let's, uh, let's right. unpack some conflict together. Maybe let's have conflict on the podcast. We'll just show everyone how we... <laughs> We could, we could, or we could just talk about maybe like what's, what's helped us, what's worked for us, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. That might be, might, might be a little bit better. So let's, let's go with, you have so much great wisdom. Let's go with what you okay. were sharing there. But, and here's the thing, like, and we said this at the beginning, conflict is, it's inevitable, right? Like it's something that we're all going to have. It's just, can we have conflict in a healthy way? We, in our marriage, we've had health 
unhealthy conflict mm-hmm, and we've yeah. seen what that's done in our marriage but we've also learned some new tools we've learned a new pattern and i would say now that we are when conflict arises we're able to handle it in a healthy way we still have conflict mm-hmm. but we have healthy tools and and, and ways to handle it which that, we use most of the time <laughs> yeah yeah no <laughs> not all no, of the time not a hundred percent of the time but but we mm-hmm. use it way more we're, than what, we're working towards it yeah yeah it's, <laughs> no. it's an ongoing going thing and so today we wanted to we wanted to unpack it really about what's helped us navigate conflict and one of those things that we wanted to address or talk about was the how like we don't fear the conflict anymore yeah you know so often couples can come into relationships or into marriage and have this unrealistic idea that or even wrong teachings of there'll never be any conflict. And so if there is conflict, it's you're with the wrong person, you're in the wrong situation. Or the idea of soulmates, right? And if we're soulmates, then Mm. of course we will always get along perfectly and never have any issues or disagreements or differences and everything will just be perfect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's some of the other teachings that are out there. And But here's the thing, as we're saying, we all have conflict. And one of those things that we've been learning and have learned and apply is to not fear fear it to not fear the conflict that or just the the fact that there will be conflict to not fear those things yeah and i think a key thing here is to distinguish there there is healthy conflict and there is unhealthy conflict right and so if your experience growing up or even thus far in your marriage is unhealthy conflict mm-hmm. yeah i can see fearing that because yeah nobody wants that um it's it's not healthy and it's often toxic and hurtful and not productive And so when we're saying don't fear conflict, we're talking about healthy conflict. And for a lot of us, it's going to take some work to get there, but we are saying don't fear healthy conflict. And so there's always some learning and a journey to get there. And maybe you've already traveled that journey and Mm. and you're already there. For us, it did start out as unhealthy conflict, right? And so we had to learn to navigate that because... Yeah, beforehand, Mm -hmm. I definitely would have feared the conflict because I don't like confrontation. I don't like conflict. Right. And so having to work that out, but... Yeah. And I wasn't safe to, like, when we would bring conflict up or have it. You weren't receptive, right? Yes, that's a better word. I wasn't receptive of it, which thus made more for the fearing of the yeah, conflict. Yeah, and for to, somebody who doesn't like conflict, that's what felt unsafe about it. it not being receptive, not, not feeling hurt or validated or like, mm-hmm. hey, let's work through this, right? right? So, yeah. But studies, they actually show that it's, it's not conflict, that causes a couple to uh, to head down that path towards divorce, but it's actually the habitual avoidance mm. of conflict. And so that's super interesting. And when I first heard that stat, um, I can see how true it was because in my own life, I was an avoider. And so then you just build and build and build mm-hmm. all this hurt and bitterness and unresolved issues. Right. And it just drives such a wedge yeah. in between. Well, it drove a wedge in between us. Yeah. And so for me, knowing that is like, oh, I'm not actually helping by being quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm contributing to the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of those things that really helped us was to not fear it. And so we want to say this right up front too, like, 
in in terms of conflict, though it can be difficult to go through, you know, if handled properly, it can provide an opportunity really to notice each other. I think it provides an opportunity to learn from each other and then ultimately to grow closer together as a couple. So that was one of those things that we had to learn was to not fear the conflict, not to avoid the conflict, but learn those skills and strategies. I had to learn how to receive it and and for yourself to bring it up and and have conversations in it and learn and continue to, to really grow in that area. But one of those things was to not fear it. Another thing that we also did was that we started to identify like that the real emotion that was going on within us like right like what was really going on what was causing the conflict and we've talked about this in the past uh, on previous podcasts about being able to identify uh, identify <laughs> identify the real issue but this one for us was another key step towards learning how to do healthy conflict. Yeah, if we can identify the real emotion, uh, what's going on inside of us that's causing the turmoil or the angst or the anger or the frustration or whatever it is, we can then have a healthy discussion with Mm -hmm. our spouse, right? Because without doing that initial work, often it's anger or sadness or hurt or withdrawal like there's really easy to access emotions that are that are just quick to come that's what typically will come out if we don't do that work and that rarely leads to intimacy or resolve conflict or healthy conversations Mm -hmm. and so getting to the root is huge in having healthy conflict. Mm -hmm. And I think even what helps in this area is to again not fear it for me, it was I, I didn't want to go to these areas. I didn't want to have to try and process and explain. Or so you mean don't fear the emotion? So don't fear the emotion. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I? I must not have said that. I said it in my head, and then I. We well, said on, it, and that yeah. was our first thought on the conflict. That's so I right. just clarified. No, thank you for clarifying because to not fear the emotion, right? Because emotions are real, and and we can have emotions, and uh, but but not confusing them for what they're not. But being able to really identify it, being able to understand what's going on and identify that emotion uh, has really helped uh, because then we've actually been able to have a real conversation, right? We've identified what the issue is or what the emotion is that's attached to this and therefore we're able to have a healthier conversation. We're able to see if anger is being part of the conversation and being like, yeah, that's not healthy. That's not healthy conflict using anger, using withdrawal, stonewalling, all those things. Mm-hmm. But if we don't, if we're not able to identify like why I'm doing these things, then that'll always be our tendency versus being able to identify the real emotion has really helped. Another thing that really helped us was being able to kind of shift from criticizing Hmm. to complaints. Right. And that was huge. And it sounds so minor, but it was really significant (laughs) because we can have a legitimate complaint in marriage, right? Right. That's how we identify issues, things that are are hurting or causing problems, those kinds of things. It's how we begin to solve issues is to realize what the legitimate complaint is. Mm -hmm. It's interesting in this area because studies show that 96% of the time, the way a discussion starts will actually predict 
how it ends. And I believe this is actually from the Gottman Institute yeah, so. that has done this uh, study. And uh, again, not that we agree with everything the Gottman Institute does, but the, some of their work is like really, really good. And we can learn a lot yes, from... Yes, they are experts in research. They yeah. are. And one of the things that they have found is this, this, how a discussion starts, they can actually predict how it's going to end. And so when a discussion starts with a critical comment it's actually usually going to end poorly versus if it can start with a legitimate complaint, we can actually have a real conversation and engage as long as both people that are involved in that are willing to engage and willing to have uh, a healthy dialogue in that has anyways, it's interesting just the studies that they found in terms of how a conversation starts, they can predict how it's going to end. Yeah. And I think really, in order to be able to get to that legitimate complaint versus just a criticism, it helps again, and we've talked about this, but owning our feelings, figuring out what's really going on rather than just projecting our frustration, that's going to help us to be more productive in the conversation. It's going to help lead us into being able to find uh, a resolution to the real problem, not just kind of a Band-Aid thing or, uh, you know, a quick fix that maybe makes it feel better for a moment, but a real resolution to the issue. And for me, this was, it was huge to realize that I needed to learn how to process and bring up my complaints because that wasn't a natural thing for me, just my personality. And so learning what is a legitimate complaint and what's just an unfair criticism? We're really, it's not a right or wrong thing. It's just a difference of how things are done or seen or or those that type of thing. And so really it was an issue sometimes that I had to deal with in my own life. But other times I had to recognize it was a legitimate complaint that I mm. needed to bring forward and we had to deal with. Mm. That took some time mm -hmm. to, to work through that and, and build up, I guess, the confidence and just the, the skill to be able to do that. Yeah, which I actually think was an important step for both of us because I also had to learn how to bring up the legitimate complaints in a healthy way and, and not in a critical or criticizing way as well. And, and so learning that for both of us was really good. Uh, just like learning how to receive these legitimate complaints in a healthy way was a process. And this one was really me, right? like learning how to receive it yeah. in a healthy way. That was a journey for me. And I really wish there was a way that I could... I'm just thinking like, what would be that helpful thing that we could give couples or, or share with couples like this was it. And actually, I, I think maybe, let me say this, not maybe, this This is one thing was started to thinking win-win. We've talked about this, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I, we even talked about this in the past too, but, but these are our thoughts and this is how we we're able to work through our conflict and get to where it's a healthy place is remembering the goals that we're after. And so if you brought up a legitimate complaint and I responded with anger or, or with um, not receiving it well, then we're not, we're not chasing the goal. We're, we're not mm -hmm. after the same thing. And so understanding that and being like, no, okay, let's try that again. Or or I'm going to be slow to speak. I'm going to be quick to listen. Uh, I'm going to uh, apply those things in my life on a daily basis, which really then helped me to learn how to receive these things in, in a real healthy way. Well, and I was, are you done? Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. I was going to say for me, what was critical was realizing it's okay to have a legitimate complaint. Mm. 
right? Because for me, I just always said, oh, well, you got to be a peacekeeper. You got to not be, you know, complaining or those kinds of things. Just all the things that say like, oh, you can't have any conflict. And Mm -hmm. again, so much of this is just part of my personality, but also just either wrong teaching or misinterpreting teaching that was given to me Mm. and misinterpreting it in my own head and so realizing no you can bring that stuff up and again going back to that stat of it's the habitual avoidance it was like wow that's huge yeah like I cannot avoid this mm-hmm. if I want a healthy marriage, mm-hmm. and so just having that permission to be like, no, it, it's it, important and needed and actually yeah. good yeah. to bring stuff up and have healthy conflict. Yeah, and let us say this before we move on to to another part that's really helped us in learning how to have health, healthy conflict. For some, what we're sharing, this is hard. This is hard to learn. This is hard to implement. This is hard to. We were there. It was hard to first start learning how to do this and for some people you know there is they are emotional or, or there's more emotion in their life or they show it more yeah, more uh, passionate or more fiery passionate <laughs> or fiery right some people are even keel and relaxed and so we really need to recognize that our personality can be a factor but we can never really use that as an as an excuse for bad behavior you know like there's the comment of like, oh, that's just so-and-so, they're passionate. (laughs) But really their passion comes out as anger. And so rather than addressing and being like, hey, you shouldn't speak to people like that or that's not a healthy way to handle this situation. We we fall back to, well, they're just a passionate person. Mm-hmm. We write it off. We write it off. Yeah. And they may be a passionate person and that's okay to be passionate. I mean, I already shared earlier, like you call me Sparky. There's a reason <laughs> why you call me. Like I, 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 I am emotional in some areas and, yep. and, and I'm passionate in areas. But I also have to learn how to control that passion and and how to invite people in and and how to have healthy conflict. And so we can't write off someone's personality as a reason why there is the bad behavior. Yeah, and and in the other ditch, we can't be complacent. We we have to step up and do our part in Mm. order for a relationship to Mm -hmm. function well. Right. Yeah, so true. We need both people engaging in a healthy way. Both of us learning healthy conflict skills, learning healthy conflict tools, both of us willing to engage in the conversation to be able to avoid those two ditches and walk down the road hand in hand into the sunset. Uh, in a- <laughs> Happily arguing as we go. Uh, yeah. Uh- no. <laughs> All right, all right. Anyways, there's another thing that's really helped us uh, in terms of learning how to have this healthy conflict, and that was that we needed to learn how to apologize. That was critical, right? Learning how to apologize. And actually, we did a podcast on the languages of apology just a few episodes ago. I don't know, episode 27? 27, yeah. 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 And so there they had five languages of apology. That was Dr. Chapman, which is super helpful. But mm. uh, if you haven't listened to that, we would recommend going back and checking that one out. But a genuine apology brings some closure, mm. right? There, There's an offense. There's whatever happens after that. But a genuine apology just brings that closure so that it's like, okay, we dealt with that. We can move on. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of a story. I used to referee hockey and, you know, sometimes 
a referee misses something that happens on ice. <laughs> I know it's crazy as really? if, as if they would ever miss anything. But I remember this one time and, and this coach is not happy and he's yelling. And he, so the whistle goes and he calls me over and I skate over to him and, and he's, and he's angry. But the thing is he has every right to like, t- I totally missed a call. And I just looked him in the eye and I said, you're right. I 100% missed that. I'm sorry. We can't go back. There's nothing I can do about it now. And I've never seen this before. <laughs> he literally just turned around, stepped on the bench, and didn't say anything. And I think what it was was I owned it, right? Yeah. Like I just, I looked him in the eye. I wasn't trying to belittle or, or brush off his view of the way he mm-hmm. saw the play or what, what he felt had happened. I validated by saying you are 100% right here like Mm -hmm. I I missed it but I I can't go back we can just move forward I'm sorry and and we were able to move on but but it was genuine and (laughs) and and yeah it just de-escalated the situation which you know in hockey when you have a missed call and these things can get heated and it can be a big deal right and it can can be goals scored and everything else yeah huge deals uh, with people's careers on anyways anyways yes but a genuine apology can really de-escalate the situation uh with that i think also in our genuine apology not having the butt yeah. <laughs> yes, I would I'm agree. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> yeah. We right? don't know anybody that does that. Uh. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might have been guilty of that a time or two, but I, I, I did. I had to learn how to stop justifying my own wrong behavior, right? Even if it was spurred on by you doing something first. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, how did this get turned on me here again? But I, I did. I had to own what I contributed to it and uh, and get rid of the but because then it's no longer sincere, right? That doesn't mean that we still don't deal with the other side of it, but our apology, we just need to let that go and genuinely apologize and deal with the issues as as they come and happen and as a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Again, I had to do the hard work to figure out what my legitimate complaint was. And I also had to humble myself and admit hmm. my wrongs, what yeah. I had been contributing. Right. Yeah. And that's that healthy pattern back and forth of, of both of us humbly coming, both of us admitting to the mistakes we had without without that extra word, without throwing in... Without the butt. Without the butt. uh, Another thing that also helped us as we were learning about this early on, we came across an article from Doctors Less and Leslie Parrott and that they said that our apology should include the three R's, which are responsibility, which would be, I'm sorry and I know that I hurt your feelings. There was regret. I feel horrible that I hurt you. And then there's the remedy, which is I'm going to try my best to not do that again with following of the question of would you please forgive me and so that was something that we really worked in really we were intentional in this area not like saying oh did you do the three r's and checkbox <laughs> checkbox checkbox but what it was was we were intentional on taking responsibility for what we brought to the table in the offense we we felt regret we we showed it by 
uh, admitting it and, and taking ownership Having of it. Having some empathy. With empathy, yeah. And then sought remedy of uh, saying, like, I'm not going to do that again. Please forgive me. Uh, let's continue to work on this. And so it wasn't like, yeah, we didn't have like a check. And maybe that would help for people as they're learning uh, to have that available. Like, okay, did we do these things? I know for myself, it did take some time of of being like, okay, have I done the three? Because it is important and the difference that it makes when we actually do include all three or like we said, the, the five languages in Chapman, just that, that intentional of you deal with it completely. Right. Instead of leaving some stuff hanging, because you can say like uh, an apology, but it's so wrong that it it doesn't even Hmm. make the mark. It's not genuine or it's actually shifting the blame onto the other person. And so that's not helpful. And so Hmm. when we were learning how to do this, actually having a mental checklist helped me a lot. Yeah, yeah. So those are four of the things that we wanted to really highlight when it came to dealing with healthy conflict or actually like journeying down the road towards healthy conflict. Yeah. Those are four things that helped us along the journey. As I said, to hold, to go hand in hand <laughs> down the road and having our conflict into the sunset <laughs> together. That but- sounds awful. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not the best about, Yeah, hand in hand enjoying each other. Yeah. The conflict help does get to the enjoying each other. Yes. Again, look at you. Way better with the words <laughs> uh, here today. Hey, there's also a bonus one that, uh, that I'm thinking of, and that would be attend a family life weekend getaway. Yeah. We are about to launch the new season into this year of, of the weekend getaways. And so if you want to know the locations, the dates, the times, all that information, go check out familylifecanada.com if you want some more of that information this year we're lined up to speak uh, we're going to the Winnipeg one we're going to speak in Victoria and St. Andrews currently right now is where we're at so if you're already signed up or want to sign up for those ones please come say hi to us we'd love to to meet our listeners as well so I wanted to throw that bonus one out there that that because that helped us we went to one uh, as before we joined Family Life and, and now we're with Family Life and we're speakers at the weekend getaway. But when we first attended it as attendees, mm-hmm. like we learned so much about each other and we learned so much about our marriage. And, and about conflict. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> and there's a whole session on conflict. And yeah. yeah, it was really, really helpful for us. And anyways. Yeah, and we're not the only ones who feel that way. We hear every every weekend getaway actually how impactful it is one of the most impactful sessions because a lot of people either don't have the skills or yeah. fear it or it's just yeah. been a pain point in their relationship or their life and so when we can do this well oh my goodness it yeah, just so good brings so much ah <sighs> sigh relief goodness into yeah. the relationship because it's gonna happen yeah so let's have a healthy conflict way of have of, of it happening yeah and an an extra bonus i don't know well, if we two can call bonuses. it that let's, yeah let's go yeah but let's let's invite god into this part of yes. our marriages he has a lot to say on the topic and i know for myself i've asked god to search my heart and reveal what's going on to open my eyes to the things i'm not seeing to to help me bring forward those legitimate complaints in a healthy way to apologize well to humble myself mm. and admit my wrongs and god's always been faithful in helping mm. me showing up and yeah. and helping me grow and mature in this area and so 
yeah, I would just say invite so God in to this part of our lives and marriages as well. So good. Such a great wrap up uh, to remind ourselves as an extra, extra bonus. So actually put that like right at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> That's what we should have started was invite God into yes. the journey. Uh, he wants to be in this area of our lives as well. And so, 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 so great. We hope that there were some nuggets in there as we shared our journey a little bit of how we've learned and, and navigated and led to uh, having conflict in a healthy way because it is inevitable. Unfortunately, it's, but it's also, it's also good. Like, don't fear it. Like, step into it. Uh, it will help lead us to the goals that we're after. We want to throw out some processing questions as we always do at the end of our podcast here. And our questions for today are, what are my feelings about conflict in our marriage? What area of healthy conflict skills would I like to grow in? Again, we want to say thanks for listening and we will talk with you next week. Bye.